Love you. I almost said I love you too. And I'm like, mm, you're not talking to me. So I'm not going to say that to you. <laughs> I love you too, Mo. <laughs> Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on October 4th, we will be discussing Lee Bardugo's book, Ninth House. Then on October 11th, we will be reviewing Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth Lim. Tune in to hear all of our thoughts. If you haven't signed up for our Patreon yet, what are you waiting for? At the Trilogy tier for $50 a month, you'll receive a shout out each episode, a logo sticker, a bookmark, access to the miniseries, bonus content, and the monthly book poll, a guest spot on a mini-episode to try and convince us to read a book you love, and once every quarter, we'll send you a book we plan to do an episode on, along with a date for the episode release. If any of that sounds interesting, this might be the tier for you. We hope you'll consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, Ronnie and the Pirate Queen. May the flowers bloom extra bright for you this week. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we are talking about favorite non-human characters. This is a delightful listicle. It will be as spoiler-free as possible, as we can do. Pretty sure nothing on here will be spoily. And if it is, we apologize now, but it'll be fun. You know how this kind of episode goes. I talk about a character. Abby talks about a character. We tell you why we love the character, where the book is from, and who wrote the book as well. How are you doing tonight, Abby? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I have ice cream. It's great. Oh, I'm jealous. I know you should because it's Annie's ice cream. Oh. Mm. So good. Do you want me to start so that you can eat your ice cream? Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> okay. Like, was that a very non-subtle hint? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was. All right. So the first one on my list my list is in no particular order. It's just how they occurred to me, basically. So the first one I thought of is The Inn from the book Clean Sweep by Ilana Andrews. Now, I will just tell you, this book is fantastic. I went into it um, with mediocre hopes. <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure what I would think of it. And it's not the best written book I've ever read because the concept of the book was she was writing it chapter by chapter, like online for people. And so she wasn't going back and editing or anything. And that was ended up being how this book is published. So she didn't go back and change things. She didn't go back and edit. So it's not like the smoothest book ever, but it was very interesting. The, the world concept, it's kind of like a sci-fi slash fantasy because technically werewolves and vampires are aliens. Uh-huh. So the main character, whose name I can't remember, <laughs> she is an innkeeper. So there's these people on earth who are innkeepers. That's with a capital I. And their inns with a capital I are places where various aliens who are coming from different planets or different dimensions can stop and have a little respite or a vacation, or just, you know, stop over on their way to some, somewhere else and know that they're going to be safe. The inns themselves have powers. 
And the longer the inn has been an inn, the more power it has. And the innkeeper is very intimately connected to the inn. So she can think of different things she wants the inn to do and the inn will do it. Like it can Hmm. repair itself. It can. Does it clean itself? Does it clean itself? Yes. Gosh, God, God, you know what? I too want a magical connection with an inn. (laughs) So it just cleans itself. It cleans itself. How do I get that? It can put up um, magical defenses so people can't get in. It can take bodies and like transfer them to the morgue that it has. It can take things, transfer them to different rooms. It can change rooms within itself to fit whoever happens to be staying there. It just like, it's so freaking cool. I can't express to you how cool the concept of this book is. I want to read the others because I have zero, absolutely zero investment in the love triangle, (laughs) but I am there for the world building because dang, this is a great concept. (laughs) Because they don't matter because they're not the end. I understand now. I have zero interest in the, in the main love interest. I have zero interest in any other love interest. I just want to hear about the inn and the cool things that it can do and the aliens that are coming through. I like how you're like, screw the love triangle. Just give me the world building. I very much enjoy the inn. I very much enjoy its connection with its innkeeper. Ugh. Wow. It's great stuff. It really is. I was I was impressed for a straight um, right through without any editing, like without any real editing. Like it's a pretty dang good book. And I'll say, <laughs> and this writer has a ton of good reads, like reviews. On the- oh yeah, she's written a ton of stuff, and most of it has been like normally edited mm-hmm. and everything. This series just happened to be one that she was writing like online for mm-hmm. people. So she wasn't going back into editing. And I haven't read any of her other stuff, but I definitely want to now. Yeah. Oh, cool. I added it to my Goodreads while you talked about it. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a pretty quick read. It's not very long. I like that. Yeah. A candy read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my first one. What's your first one? All right. A character we both love very much. A wonderful, adorable, mechanical puppy named Bumbersnoot. When the when the Deadly Education series? No. no. What was it called? The Finishing School series. I got it. I got it. I, listen, I was like, it's not the parasol portrait one. I'm like, it's not the other one. And okay, you know, I know these things. <laughs> anyway. I love him because, I mean, come on. He can be a handbag. He can eat stuff that you need to keep safe. He can go fetch stuff for you that you need. He's adorable. Well, it's not the love about him. And it's, it's so much fun because I love the idea that this is a steampunk novel. I mean, it's this all steam, you know, it's mechanical, it's brass, it's, it moves, it has a brain of its own, but it's not a computer, but it, it just eats coal and it keeps going. I love it. I just love it. Obviously, guys, we have talked about the Finishing School series a few times, and 
it's just a sign of a great author. <clears throat> um, by the way, Finishing School series by Gail Carringer, in case you guys don't know. But it's a sign of a great author that we talk about her characters all the time. Literally all the time. I know. We may have brought her up almost every episode that we possibly think, could have. <laughs> yeah, anything that has a list, I think we do. Yeah. I would have put Bumbershnoot on my list as well, except that I saw you already had. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll give her that um, one. <laughs> it's okay. I saw, if I, there was like two on your list. I was like, I know. All right. I'll go find some other people. Actually three at this point. Four. Anyway. Yeah, it's fine. Five, I had a feeling actually. that I put a couple on my list that you were going to be like, oh, she took those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll try not to duplicate. All right, Abby, what's your number two? So my next one is Ghost from the Heart Striker series by Rachel Aaron. Guys, you might have heard us talk about this one a zillion times as well, because again, fantastic series. Uh, so Ghost is basically a ghost cat and he's got some odd powers, but he's such a fun companion for Marcy, who is the person he is bound to. And... It just cracks me up. He's so protective, but he's very much cat. <laughs> he is he's entirely so cat. <laughs> so he's protective. He's a bit possessive. He's very much do his own thing when he wants to do his own thing. But he's a very fun side character that just like hangs around and causes trouble sometimes. <laughs> Well, and I love how he grows throughout the series and becomes more and more significant. Ugh. Oh, I know. So good. I love his storyline with Marcy and like everything they go through and ugh. I mean, honestly, by the end of the books, I'm like, I love you so much. I mean, I almost put the pigeon, okay? Bob's pigeon. I almost did, but oh. I was trying to not mention the books we like so much all the time because I already had one of them. Oh, honorable mention for Bob's pigeon from this series as well. Hundred percent. Oh, I love the pigeon. Listeners like a pigeon, <laughs> a freaking pigeon, guys. Why would a pigeon make your list, guys? Got to read the series. You got to read Rachel Aaron's. Um, oh, Nice Dragon series. What's it called? Heart Striker series. The first book, series. The first book is called Nice Dragons Finish Last. Go mm-hmm. read the series if you are completely confused about the pigeon, because obviously you need to read the series so you can know about the pigeon. The pigeon's worth knowing. Um, I'm gonna jump right on in and talk about Sybil from another one of Rachel Aaron's series, which is from the DFZ series. Mm-hmm. I, okay, for one, I freaking love AIs, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of jealous that you have one of my favorite AIs on two of my favorite AIs on your list, honestly. But I'm like, we'll suck it up. We'll be okay. To be fair, I love Sybil too. So, and I got her first. <sighs> she's so sassy. I love her. And she just has like, I don't know. She's got some, some sass in her. And she's so smart, such a good companion to um, Opal and such a good companion to Opal. I mean, Opal and Sybil are like the best dynamic duo cleaners in the DFC. Let's be real. The sass is just like at 100 all the time. Yep. And it never stops. And she's so sassy to Opal. And Opal's like, yeah, okay, chill out. I'm going to mute you now. Bye. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I can't listen to the the voice inside my head, a.k.a. my AI. Oh. Why do something stupid? I love Sybil Sass. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Who's your number three? I went with Calcifer from Howl's Moving Castle by Diane Wynne Jones. Whether book or movie, Calcifer is just a great character. Also, sassy. He's he's kind of evil, but not really. He's very sassy. Kind of like a cat that can't wander around your house and knock things over. Can you describe Calcifer for people? Okay, so Calcifer is a little ball of fire. <laughs> Literally, a little ball of fire. <laughs> for those of you who don't know this movie and book. Also one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, mine too. Mine too. Mm-hmm. So he basically lives in the fireplace of Howell's quote-unquote castle. It's not really a castle. And he keeps it warm and keeps it moving and keeps it running because it's a moving castle. I say, you know, a man's home is his castle. Yeah. (laughs) Does the man's castle also reflect the man? Because I feel like in this case it does. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, he is a very integral part of what keeps the castle functioning. He is a very integral character to the story and to Howell and Sophie, who are the main characters. And the sass. Oh my gosh, the sass. I love the sass, man. May all your bacon burn. (laughs) Best insult ever. Absolutely love it. I was wearing that mask today. I have a mask that has calcifer on it. It says, may all your bacon burn. Very nice. All right. Who you got next? So, I feel like we just talked about the Castaways of Flying Dutch series by Brian Jakes, but I can't remember what we even recorded last week, which is kind of terrible. I'm getting old. We recorded, we talked about that in Novel Makeover, which is not, it'll show up at the end of October. Oh, yes. Guys, we're pretty, we're doing really good at being ahead. Um, anyway, as good as it's going to get. Well, this is is Ned from Castaways of Flying Dutchman, and Ned is a dog. Ned is a Labrador, and I adore Labradors. I grew up with two labs, um, Hershey and Bridget, and so the fact I remember reading this book in high school just made me think about my dogs. And, I mean, him and the main character, Ben, have a psychic connection, so they can talk to one another. So, I just love, I mean, like, I always thought it was so cool that Ben and Ned can go on these adventures and could communicate with one another and that they were essentially, you know, just ageless. And I just, I just love their psychic connection. One of my favorite. It also reminds me of another series that I highly enjoy. Oh, I got to tell you about that series. There's another series I read in high school that I highly enjoy, whose name is Thomas. Last name starts with an S. Also has a dog. Also has a psychic connection with their dog. I don't know why I love psychic connections with dogs. I love dogs too. So that's probably why. Like, I don't think a cat is as fun to have a psychic connection with because they're like, leave me alone, feed me or pet me versus a dog is going to tell you, I love you so much. Look what I brought you. I found you this shiny pebble. Don't you want to play with me? Let's go outside. Let's go for a walk. It's such a good day outside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely really like Ned in this. He's a good boy. I mean, if you didn't like Ned, I would have concerns. I know. Well, what is your number? What's your number four? This is one I don't know, actually. Okay. So 
our patrons who have listened to this Patreon episode will know who I am speaking of. I am talking about Bob from A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking by T. Kingfisher. Now, Bob is a sourdough starter. I remember this now. Yes, you remember recording this episode. Mm -hmm. So the main character is uh, a wizard. All magic users are called wizards in this world. And your magic can be anything from like tiny little things to huge things like summoning storms and earthquakes. But more common magics are smaller magics. And the main character happens to have an affinity for baking things. And so her familiar is a sourdough starter, Bob, who she accidentally brought to life. And he's just, he's very interesting. He plays a large role in the story later on. He doesn't speak, but he kind of does glubs and has facial expressions and he will eat anything. Anything? Anything. Anything. And it doesn't affect the taste of the sourdough starter because he could be used as a sourdough starter. You're like, please, please don't use me as a start. Please hold. He's, he's a very useful familiar, but I quite enjoy him. And I just, I love the concept of her magic in general and the fact that her familiar isn't something you would like normally consider like a regular animal. It's a, a sourdough starter. I love it. Completely non-human. Good job. <laughs> mm-hmm. That whole book cracks me up, guys. You should read it. Uh, all right. Who's your next one then? Um, mine is Theodore, the preacher's wyvern, from the house in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klum. He is just this... Okay, so I kind of love all the characters at the orphanage and at the house in the Cerulean Sea. And one of them that we get to meet is a little dragon. The sweet little... And he's a wyvern because he has his little claws are on the end of his wings and he just kind of scuttles around and goes underneath the couch to his treasure den. And I love it. I love how he hoards things. And I love how the main character whose name currently escapes me, like gives him a brass button and Theodore is like, I love you. I love this button. Please. Thank you. And then like the character just starts snipping buttons off of all of his clothes that he can. And he gives the little one all of his buttons. I love the button horde. Me too. I love how he has it underneath the couch. And they're like, yeah, you know, and they're going, the kids are going around telling the social worker. And this is where Theodore's horde is. And he's like, this is my horde. And then he has like a secret horde up in the attic as well. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I I feel this hoarding mentality. I too have a horde behind me of books. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love hoarding books. Mm-hmm. Not so much into buttons. Much prefer the books, though. All right. So my fifth one is The Death of Rats from the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett. At one point, death splits himself up into a bunch of different deaths. There's a death for everything. And just because he is death, he keeps around the death of rats because he thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. And so I just really enjoy the death of rats because it's like, it's such a random death to keep. Any human would probably choose something like the 
death of cats or the death of dogs or like something a little bit more domestic, I guess. But like, I know people, I know people keep mice, but the death of rats, people don't usually keep rats so much, do they? I mean, I have a friend that has rats um, and she, she loves them. Okay. I've heard of people who kept like pet mice, but I've never really met anyone who's kept pet rats. Pet, well, I'll say, from what I hear, rats are extremely intelligent. Yes. And they're quite delightful. Mm -hmm. Which I think is reflected in the death of rats because he's definitely very smart. He's this adorable little messenger who'll run around and try and help fix things when death goes astray. You know, you got got to keep your bumbling death in line, right? And I love that the only way he can speak is to squeak. Mm-hmm. And he squeaks in all capitals, just like death. Speaks in all capitals. Exactly. Oh, man. That just gives me feelings about, because Terry Pratchett um, passed away, and then death announced his passing in all capitals on his Twitter. Mm-hmm. I love Terry Pratchett. That's Terry Pratchett. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love the death of rats. Is your last one before the break? Well, my last one is one that we both love because we both love this book. A Man Called Ooh by Frederick Bachman. I love the cat. I love the cat so much. The cat is just a perfect companion to Ove. And I love how he just, mm-hmm. he's there, you know, and, he, and how the cat inserts his presence into Ove's life. And you have no choice. This cat will be in your life. I think one of my favorite dynamics is grumpy old man and cat who won't go away. Right. And he's like trying to leave the cat on the porch and cat's like, "Mm, I'm going to meow at you until you let me in. And now you're going to feed me because I'm hungry. And now you have to start thinking about me. And now, you know, because I mean, this book is a lot about, you know, growing old and suicide and cat's like, yep, now you can't die because you're stuck with me. Ha ha ha. Oh. And then the end of the book. Guys, can't tell you the end of the book. Oh, the end of the book, though. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know. Grumpy mm. Old Man plus Cat is just such a great combination. And mm-hmm. I think it's because, like, you have the grumpy old man, and so you have to have some sort of creature that can balance out how stubborn he is. And there aren't many creatures in the world more naturally stubborn than cats. Except for old men, right? Right, because they're like, this is going to go my way. I don't know why you're even trying to do it a different way. (laughs) You're going to do what I want. It is how it is. I love it. All right, guys. That is our first half of the episode. When we come back, we will have 10 more characters of non-human characters that we both highly love and enjoy. We'll see you in a minute. Talk to you in a minute, guys. These days, more authors are including mental health content in their books. But do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is? Or do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it? I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. Welcome back, guys. We are going to do the second half of our list. So the first one for me 
would be Ico from the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. Took a good one, man. I know. <laughs> I knew this. I knew you would take this particular robot if I didn't put on my list fast. Should have gone faster. So Ico is kind of like Sybil in this way. She's just the sassy best friend. And regardless of what form she takes, because she is an AI, she is the sassy best friend. And I love her reactions to all the situations she ends up in. I love her fangirling over Kai. <laughs> oh, just everything about Aiko is just wonderful. I cannot disagree. Oh, I can't say that. One of my favorite parts about her, I can't tell you about because it happens later in the book, guys. I... Once again, this character has a fantastic transformation, and I adore her transformation. <laughs> yes. I can't say much more, but it's so good. She goes through many changes, and I love them all. But I also love, like, her beginning story and how Cinder put her back together and fixed her up. And, like, they were best friends from that day on. Just like, that's so sweet. I know. And I love Aiko. I love like one of the scenes in Cinder where she's just dancing with the pearls, with her pearls on. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm like, you are so adorable. And I love, I can't remember how she's described. I think she has like, is she like skinny head, big body, or is it big head, little body with little arms? I'm trying to remember. I feel like it's big I, head I know. and smaller body. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, I know like if she's, not symmetrically proportioned and i'm just like i love her i just want to hug her i'm like you just sound adorable for sure yes because she loves all things pretty yes oh i love how girly she is even though she's a robot it's like that's just an awesome quirk for a robot to have and well i love that she's more girly than cinder oh i know the actual person she's the sassy girly best friend right uh, all right. Who's the next one on your list? Uh, my next one is Arachne from the Alex Vera series by Benedict Jacka. So Arachne is a extremely large spider and she lives underneath a tree in the park in the middle of London. And she is a, a mentor to Alex. I was like, how am I spiritual guide? I'm like, no, she's not a spiritual guy, but she kind of is like, she is purely a mentor to Alex. And she's like, Alex, do you think that is a wise course of action? Should you really do that? Let's discuss this. And then in her little lair, she also is always making these beautiful clothes. So that's one of her signature things where she makes beautiful dresses, beautiful gowns, but also makes imbued items. So things that are magically enhanced in certain ways. And so you get to experience this basically a gentle giant, but man, when she is forced into combat, she's gonna kick your butt but i just i just love how loving and nurturing she is but you don't feel like a large spider would be loving and nurturing i'm not gonna lie the first time i read the first book of the alex ferris series and we met her i was like i want clothes made by her (laughs) they sound so pretty and so cool Mm -hmm. yeah she's a good character All right, so my next one is another robot, and this is M-Bot from The Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. So I've only read the first book, 
of this series. I plan to read the rest of the series next year. But I love Mbot. I love the way it thinks. I love the way it interacts with humans and how it's just like, this is too much effort. I don't want to talk to the humans. I just, can I please just go watch my shows? Please, please. Like, please stop making me interact. This is awkward for everyone. Mm -hmm. But there's so much personality in this robot. And it just, mm, it made me think of a very anxious person. Like someone with anxiety. That's kind of how Mbot came off to me. (laughs) Just like, please leave me alone. Let me do my job. Leave me alone with my shows. Don't talk to me. I understand these things because Mbot just wants to be left alone and just literally watch their shows. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, here's your next one. My next one is from The Fifth Season, which is by J.K. Jemison, which is probably one of my newer favorite authors at this point. I definitely have to take breaks between her books because they're a little intense. Um, you've read The Fifth mm-hmm. Season. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you read the second book yet? Not yet. Yeah. I love them. They're so well done. I love the world building. And one of my favorite characters is Hoa, who is this little kid, quotation, that ends up joining um, Nasun. That we soon learn he has some different kind of traits. And I don't feel like these are spoilers when I say he's a stone eater. And we learn that a stone eater looks like a human, talks like a human. They are not humans. They eat stones. And they're supernaturally strong kind of terrifying in all honesty but they're just interesting characters i like koa because he is though he's a child he's very possessive and protective of nasun and wanted to say things but i don't want to spoil the things i'm thinking outside in my head i love the way the stone eaters are entwined with the world in fifth season and i can't wait to finish the trilogy i'm going to listen to the final book probably it's gonna be my next book Depending, I'm on a sci-fi kick. I'm not sure when I'm going to go back to fantasy, but I can't wait to see what he does in the second book. Mm -hmm. Or the third book, my bad. I read the second book already. But anyway, he's definitely, like, I think my favorite character from that series. I like Hoa. He's a good character. And I like the Stone Mm -hmm. Eaters as a race. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, that was a fantastic element that she added to her walls. Honestly, everything... That world is so cool and well done and different. Like, I gotta tell you, I feel, gosh, I don't think I've read any true high fantasy in a while. Except for maybe War, Warbringer, Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. But even that, I don't feel like was true high fantasy. But man, I, I love the trend. Like, I mean, I love sword and sorcery fantasy. But some of the stuff that's come out lately is so different, so wild. That is just expanding my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. I very much appreciate authors who can make such different worlds. Mm-hmm. Me too. Hey, Abby, what is your next one? Okay. So my next one, I'm not going to lie. When I thought of this one, I literally did a little happy dance in my seat because I'm like, yes, I love this character so much. This is The Walking Stick from the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs. You will have to get several books into this series before you meet the walking stick. But I love the walking stick. I completely agree with you. Like 100%, 
like when I saw the walking stick on this list, I was like, oh man, Abby, I forgot all about the walking stick. Good job. Oh, I love the walking stick. Mm. I was so excited that I remembered this one. The walking stick is basically a sentient magical stick. And it may or may not be a stick. Mercy's not entirely sure how much it actually understands, but it likes to follow her around. So even if she sets it down, quite often it will just end up right next to her where she can very easily pick it up. It is a good stick. It is a very good stick. I I love the role that it plays throughout the books because it plays a different role every time it shows up. And it's just... I love that it sticks around like a very loyal pet. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, I'm here if you need me. Hi, did you need me? <laughs> like, <laughs> here I am. And just like how Mercy notices, hey, I didn't leave that there. Last time I saw it, it was like 50 miles that way. Over there. <laughs> but hey, guess what? A couple hours later, it's sitting right here on my dresser kind of thing. Like, I just, I very much love the walking stick. I love that it's kind of sentient. I love, I love all the roles it plays throughout the books that it's in. It just, it makes me so happy. Yeah. I love the walking stick. I am completely with you on that sentiment. My next character is not a walking stick. It's another AI. It's one that I completely was like, hello, how could you forget this character? So I'm currently listening to Heaven's River which is the fourth and fifth book of the Bobaverse series by Dennis E. Taylor. Oh, girl. I love Bob. (laughs) I love the fact that Bob is an artificial intelligence from Earth who is based off a human who gets flung into space, and they're like, hey, you got to save the human race. Can you hurry up and replicate yourself and send back some ships? Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) Like, And it goes on from there. And, like, right now... It's a little Star Trek-y, where it's like having to deal with, oh, the first directive, you know, don't jack up other people's intelligence, you know, like don't mess with people who aren't the same technology level as you. And like all of these moral issues. And I love the concept. I love the world. I love all the crazy, weird cultural references. Like Bob's, they replicate themselves. And there's William Riker, who, of course, is named after, you know, John Luke Picard's first mate from the Next Generation series. There's Bill. There's Bender. Bender's from Futurama. Bill is just a variation of Bob, essentially. Or, wait, no, a variation of Will. I can't remember what where Bill came from. And Garfield and Gandalf. And, he, you know, Bob is a nerdy man. And every time he replicates himself, they, they're like, hmm, what's a good name that I should call myself? Let's go find out. <laughs> There's just, I love them so much. Howard is one of them. Um, Phineas and Ferb. Uh-huh. I mean, come on. Come on. Like, I'm not going to lie. I loved when Phineas and Ferb came up. I'm like, of all of the nerdy things you could have gotten into. <laughs> right? He must be a dad. No. Yeah, um, Bob is great. I agree. Man. I love it. I love that series. Guys, if you haven't read the Bob of series... I highly recommend the Audible versions of it, which unfortunately they're only available on Audible because they're an Audible exclusive. But they are of all of all the light. Love them. I remember listening to the first three, pretty sure the first three went um, during baby time, which was my maternity leave. And the new one just came out. 
so good. So good, guys. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the first book is called We Are Legion, We Are Bob. Oh, I forgot that. I just called it Bobiverse. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. The whole reason I listened to this is because Sarah's the one who suggested it, and she usually gives me really good recommendations. And mm-hmm. when she told me the title, guys, a killer title will 100% make me want to read your book. And We Are Legion, We Are Bob, I found hilarious, and I immediately wanted to read it. <laughs> so good. And honestly, like, a lot of my favorite books have ended up having really fun titles like that. Like, the first one in the Finishing School series is Etiquette and Espionage. How could you not want to read that? Or the first in the Heartstriker series, Nice Dragons Finish Last. Mm-hmm. Like, man, give me a good title. I'm going to read it. <laughs> right. Just cannot resist it. Mm. All right. So my next one is The School from A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. And we both read this one rather recently and loved it. It's so good. But I really like the sentient school because it's not a nice sentient school. It is a sentient school that is trying to kill its students. (laughs) Uh, But I love (laughs) that it's both trying to teach them because it is a school and it's also trying to kill them at the same time. So it's this fun balance of like, you will learn or you will die take your pick yeah it's a fun balance of learn as much as you can or die (laughs) like I just I really I found it really fun I found it really different from most magical schools that you come across because I mean most of them aren't sentient anyway but the fact that this one is sentient and there aren't any teachers to like I don't know corral it or help the students it's just it was a very different take on the magical school. And I really like it. <laughs> I love that book series. So good. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the next one. Right. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, the next one will be out. Oh, good. So what's your next one? I wish it was that book. Um, my next one. Okay. I'm going to butcher his name, but he's always been one of my favorite characters, especially non-human characters. His name is... Grandarian Rashka from the um, from the Black Griffin um, by Mercedes Lackey and Larry Dixon. He is literally a Black Griffin. He is the epitome of um, Yerthos, which is the um, magician, his army of Griffins. He they're created, they're magical creators that Yertho created, and Yertho is currently in a war against Mar, and Mar has created his own warped version of the Griffins. And he goes by scan. He is sent by Yurtho to go and infiltrate Mars operations. And we just get to see him just be this like, imagine Griffin espionage. Okay. He gets to be a spy. He's sneaky. He's smart. There's also two more books in his trilogy, the white Griffin and the silver Griffin. And the white Griffin follows him older I don't want to get too far deep in it. And the Silver Griffin follows another one of his um, descendants. I love the Griffins. I love how they interact with the humans in the world. How the relationship between Scan and basically his creator. So much fun. Always has been, besides like the last um, Herald, the last Herald Mages trilogy. Like this is my second favorite trilogy by Mercedes Lackey in the 
Heroes of Baltimore Universe. Did you read these? I have not. I love I love her stuff. Yeah, another one of my goals for next year is just to read more Mercedes Lackey. All right. So the last one on my list is Kiki from Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth Limp. And Kiki is a paper crane. The main character has magic and she accidentally brings Kiki to life after she creates her, folds her up because she was making paper cranes. And so Kiki is basically, has, can talk to her mind to mind, no matter where the main character is, if she calls out to Kiki, like if they're separated, Kiki can come find her. She carries messages. She's a good little companion because the main character ends up cursed so that she can't speak. Well, it's not that she can't speak. It's that if she speaks, bad things will happen. And so since she can't speak, she can talk mind to mind with Kiki, which is Mm. a big comfort to her. She's a great little companion. And Kiki always has the main character's best interest at heart because if the main character dies, Kiki will die because it's the main character's magic that's keeping her alive. So it's just this like, really sweet relationship that they have and just like having Kiki by her side is so sweet. I love it. And I really love it. Oh, I can't wait to read that series eventually. I promise I will soon. I know. <laughs> Once I finish the warp assassin or the reluctant assassin, that's my next book to pick up. No, not that one. No, sorry. Um, spin the dawn. Close. Close enough. Abby. You know what I love about books? Books about books? Books about books. You know what I love when you involve books about books? The people who give you the books about books. Librarians. I love books about books that have librarians. I love books about books with librarians with magic. Mm -hmm. I love books about books about librarians with magic who have turned into orangutans. (laughs) Who am I talking about, Abby? A librarian. That's right. I mean, seriously, I love whenever Terry Pratchett pulls in a librarian and has commentary and the librarian was once a human and they very much think like a human and they try to articulate all of their feelings with, um, what is it, orc, right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. They can't use words, but they can use orangutan sounds to convey that you're an idiot or to convey that you had a good idea. Or if you're a carrot, you understand immediately what the librarian's telling you. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love, I wish Terry Project had written a story like about the origin of the librarian or just had him like a very prominent figure. But he's just a great side character that just pops up at the most opportune times. Mm-hmm. I love the librarian. He's so good. But when the wizards are involved, the librarian usually pops up because he oversees the magical library, which is in the wizard's school. But the librarian is great. I hate wizards when they hop in the book. Isn't that terrible to say that we don't like the wizards? I mean, I don't mind the wizards in small doses. It's the books that have a lot of the wizards in them that really just kind of seem to drag on Mm -hmm. because they... They take too long to do anything or to say like, anything. They do. They just kind of putter around the story. Like, that's why, like, the first book, The Color of Magic, which is the first book, guys, in the whole universe, 
is a great read. Read The Color of Magic to understand Terry Pratchett's Discworld. You can just skip The Life Fantastic, which is the next book that kind of follows it. And just honestly, go read any of the guards books. Go read any of Death's books. Don't like the books about the wizards. Well, everyone, that that's it. That's what we have. Those are our 10 favorite non-human characters. Hopefully, we introduce some new books to you that we have not talked about yet. Not really going to apologize to you about talking about basically our favorite characters from our favorite books once again. But hey, go out and read these books, okay? You, you're going to do yourself a service to do so. We'll talk to you next week, guys. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use. Or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.